low-income families eat bitterness. This comes from China and is written by Father Dan Troy. Every two weeks, I usually meet Li Kuyong at the apartment where she grew up. The second-floor residence is located just 200 metres from the intersection of Lines 1 and 7 of Wuhan's metro system, an ideal location in terms of transport. And from the station, the first half of the short walk brings me by a stylish coffee shop on the ground floor of a towering new office block, a recent symbolic benchmark of the city's economic development. And the second half of the short journey is like slipping over the edge of an economic cliff. The sleek shine of the skyscraper replaced by old concrete apartment blocks and under the shadow of the office building, these humble homes still hold a fragile community together as if counting the days until a pencil stroke on a planning office map will signal their end. After walking up the dark stairs to the second floor, I knock on the outer door of rattling metal, which prompts an immediate acknowledgement from inside. Li Kuyong opens the door, an action followed by her switching on the room's single light, sparingly used in the windowless living room. And as I sit down, Li Kuyong pours tea and passes it to me. And following initial greetings, her mother inquires about a topic that is always of interest to them, the price of vegetables. It would seem that information from my area might add to their understanding of economic trends in the city. And when asked the question for the first time a few years ago, I struggled to give a clear answer which seemed to surprise them. For them, a small price difference decides whether they go to buy these essentials. In 2002, a Catholic friend introduced me to Lee Kuyong and her mother. Their lives have not been easy. Born in 1976 following a long and difficult delivery for her undernourished mother, Lee Kuyong was diagnosed with cerebral palsy. And ten years later, she took her first sliding tentative steps. Her speech has been restricted for her entire life. Efforts by her parents to register at various schools fell on deaf ears in a country where teachers are assessed on the academic performance of their students. A childhood without education and an adult life without employment robbed her of the possibility of having school friends and work colleagues. And when she goes to nearby shops, her struggle to speak and her restricted hand coordination produce more challenges. A faith-based project initiated in 2006 provided Li Kuyong with the opportunity of some work at home and a small income. The social interaction with the visitors every two weeks has probably been the greater benefit as she meets with people who are happy to know her. In 2007, the traditional Chinese understanding of long-term security came to the fore when she was introduced to a young man with the possibility of marriage. And at the end of the year, their wedding took place at a nearby hotel. There was no honeymoon. The newly married couple lived in a simple rented apartment near her parents' home, a dark place as if designed for residents who were allergic to light. 
two years later, there was a joyful announcement Li Kuyong was expecting a child. In China, there was a strong preference for a newborn to be a boy, and as the pregnancy progressed, Li Kuyong's mother said that they were hoping the birth would provide them with a girl. Certainly a countercultural approach. It was quickly explained that the birth of a girl would mean that she could eventually, as an adult, pick and choose from potential marriage partners, the big discrepancy between male and female numbers being the basis of such logic. A few days before Christmas 2010, a healthy child, a girl, as hoped for, was born. She is well loved and has brought joy and abundance to a family that has endured so much. The English word coolie has its origin in the Chinese language. The Chinese word coolie, K-U-L-I, means bitter strength. In China, a person who can eat bitterness is admired as one who can persevere through all kinds of adversity. Another serving of bitterness awaited the family around the time of the child's birth. Li Keong's father, a kind person, a dedicated husband, a talented cook, a man who swam across the Yangtze River with his friends once a week, was diagnosed with cancer. And having lived to see the birth of his granddaughter, he died when she was just four months old. More than a decade has passed by since these bittersweet months. Li Kuyong's daughter has grown to be a bright, energetic child whose performance in school has placed her near the top of the class. A delightful talent for dancing has emerged. Her agile feet and flowing moves a beautiful sight for a mother consigned to a life of shuffled movement. As is understandable for a family in their situation, they have hopes that this child will make progress academically over the next 10 years with the eventual possibility that she will provide some relief for the family's life on the poverty line. Six years ago, a small low-rent apartment was made available to the family of three by the local authorities. It is a more comfortable setting, but it means one hour on a bus each morning for the child to go to school. Lee Kuiong's husband works as a day labourer, installing and fixing water pumps. And during the peak of the coronavirus in Wuhan, he had no work and thus little money to support his family. And when funds were running low for Lee Kuyong's family of three, a timely donation by sisters at one of the city's convents brought some much-needed relief. Similar charitable efforts in various parts of the country by the church and other faith groups also took place. Small against a background of tens of millions of disrupted people, it is nonetheless encouraging that charity is reaching some of those who are struggling. It conveys the message that faith groups are concerned for the well-being of Chinese people who are suffering at this time, even though they can only assist a few. I look forward to meeting Li Kuyong and her mother again at the second floor home where there is restricted light, but a warm welcome. Our discussions are likely to continue about the price of vegetables. Li Kuyong is likely to continue serving tea and telling me to be careful as she pours it while instructing her daughter to distribute oranges to the visitors. In the centre of the floor, the dislodged rattling grey floor tile broken at one corner into a few pieces, 
will still convey the message that its ongoing mosaic presence is as secure as ever in this home of poor residents. And as we drink the warm tea and eat the sweet oranges, we will discuss local issues of great importance while Lee Kuyong's mother, speaking for the family that has no connection with church, will again ask us to pray for them. As guests among three generations of Chinese women, we will sit eating and drinking in this humble setting where many chapters of China's history have been lived through, believing also that the resurrected Christ is among his suffering, faithful people. That article from Wuhan in China by Father Dan Troy, who lives and works there.